0: Hey folks, and welcome to the Daily Ratings Podcast. It's a show where each week, we'll sit down with Vincent Daly to get his thoughts on the latest movies he's been watching. Both older films and new releases. And don't worry, there's no spoilers. Vince will give a brief review of the movie, share some thoughts, and of course, then rate the film. The Daily Ratings are always fair, honest, and most importantly, they're consistent. On today's show, Vince will be rating and reviewing... Carry, directed by Brian Del Palma, Cujo by Louis Teague, Stand By Me by Rob Reiner, The Green Mile by Frank Darabont, and we have newly released Firestarter, directed by Keith Thomas. So stay tuned and enjoy the show. Vincent Daly. How's it going, Tommy buddy? Boy, how's it going? It's going well, man. It's a good week. How's your week going?
1: Uh week was good. Uh decided to do another theme week. Uh Firestarter, not the biggest release, but also kind of the only new release. (laughs) It was a quiet week. Yeah, yeah. 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 But no, I mean, I I wanted to kind of look creatively and uh, Stephen King films, I mean, they are many. I mean, we're talking 40 Mm -hmm. plus or Mm -hmm. something like that. So I had plenty of ammo to kind of work with this week. I thought uh, it was a good idea. Yeah, and uh, I was surprised. I kind of chose these films more so because I haven't seen them and they're not on the site in any sort of way. Right. But also, it kind of got a good sample of Stephen King films and adaptations throughout the decades and how that evolves as well.
0: So, Oh, yeah, yeah, because we have 76, 83, 86. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Let's start right there. Sure. Okay. Sure. So we're going to go back to 1976. This is Carrie by uh, Brian Del Palma. Yes. And uh, I mean, it's pretty much a classic, but how did it fare?
1: Sure, sure. So we uh, covered covered the untouchables recently on the podcast and uh maybe one of these days i can revisit scarface if i feel like treating myself Ah. (laughs) you know but uh when it comes to when it comes to what we're looking at here for carrie uh, i feel that this was necessary because not only is this one of the early first films I think the first Stephen King adaptation uh that is that is being done oh okay all right uh but also uh one of Brian DePaulman's earliest films so it was kind of a sweet spot for me um Carrie is a very simple story Carrie is a high school girl with latent psychic powers uh and in a tough spot going through high school, her mom is a crazy religious nut, okay. uh, like uh, to the point that she shames her for being even female. The popular girls are just absolute hyenas okay. <laughs> in the high school, uh, They're yeah. tearing her apart, and all of it. You know, they just won't leave her alone. All of it is just this boiling point that leads up to the prom. Kind of a cliche, but definitely iconic for Carrie. Uh, where that, that pressure throughout the whole film builds up to those latent psychic abilities being shown a little bit more on display. Uh, the high school drama here i got to be honest, uh, just a little bit too cliche. It is not. Okay. There's, there's, even for the 70s, mid-70s when this came out, the high school drama here has just been there, done that. I, I was even, just about yeah. to say
0: that. It's it's more of the same, basically. It's it's yeah. not refreshing in any sort of way. Mm-hmm. I honestly forgot how young that this, this story was mm. as far as, I forgot that it was like teenagers and around prom and everything like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. How uh, was the acting? Was the acting okay? And just it wasn't much there for them to go off of.
1: Yeah, I like, think writing-wise? It just it, it's what's what's odd is not a lot is done with with what Carrie has to engage with. Prom is the destination for her character. Uh we have a little bit of interesting relationship with the gym teacher. Who is kind of nurturing her a little bit, mm-hmm. obviously the stress of her psycho religious mother is 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 on full display, but none of them are used to really crank anything up or create engagement in the story okay and what's left. Is just really catty high school stuff, yeah. which was just not entertaining for me. It doesn't and, add and,
0: anything to the film, yeah. really. It's more so just like filler, just
1: exactly, exactly, and, and certainly doesn't add anything to the horror. I mean, don't get me wrong; the you know nearly all of these films have horror elements mm-hmm. or are just mm-hmm. straight up horrors. So Carrie was was pretty disappointing for me when going into this or, or when watching it uh, because it unfolds so blandly and mm. the payoff isn't isn't the best. I mean, I. You you know, kind of goes back to what we talked about too many, uh, not too many weeks ago. Iconic doesn't equal good, right? Uh, and especially and today,
0: in exactly. the here and now. But it's funny that you say that with the teenage story, where it's like, it's still, even back for seventy six, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, it's it's been there, done that. It's not really revolutionary yeah. by any means. Exactly. <laughs> yeah,
1: uh, it's played out. Uh, you know, I can appreciate if it's an originator in some things, and certainly an originator of maybe combining. Horror with high school potentially. I mean, seventy right. six. Uh, maybe not originator, but like definitely an early voice in that type of uh, a horror combining. Our stylings, but I just don't feel the drama built to anything unique. Uh, if anything, my recommendation and, and where I was almost curious of watching the new version of Carrie. I guess uh, maybe mm. one came out in 2016 or ballpark something like that. Uh, yeah, you know when, when we've had the the huge wave of remakes uh, in the, in yeah, the 2010s, oh, we're still in the middle of it too. I yeah, think. <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to that, uh, what we're you know make the the high school drama even more vicious. Make it almost, you know, impossibly villainous, and have it kind of break break apart from just the girls being catty that hate her. So, uh, there's also a lot of time wasting scenes where just there is nothing to add. There is a whole scene where the popular girls get put in detention and have to work through detention, and it's just like it's it's already a short film and there's I was gonna just say it's an hour 38 yeah and just, it adds nothing absolutely nothing <laughs> it, the story is just so small so inconsequential uh and, and just to lead up to prom i'm telling you it just really does not pay off um I, I was I was just very disappointed with with how little this story, especially a king story, yeah, did to engage the audience. Do you think
0: that it was just about you getting to know and getting closer with the characters? So the kind of the shock and awe when it comes down to the prom and everything like that. Mm. Like you care about it more. Uh, you that? certainly you care like-
1: about Carrie, but I don't. I, I don't think anything is done to really drive that up. Uh, I don't think anything is done to. Make her, the pressure from her mother, who is obviously going to—you know—she cannot find about these these powers or anything like that—that mm-hmm. that are sprinkled throughout the film. There's 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 nothing done to create pressure. Uh, if anything, things resolve themselves a little bit too easily, uh, just to keep things moving snappy along. Okay, and, uh, there there need to be more substance there and engagement with the audience. So,
0: so it's so. empty, pretty hollow, is what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: if only to just build up to this this prom destination, if finally a. About halfway in, we get characterization on our high school antagonists as well. This this catty group of, of popular girls, yeah, uh, and why we should give a damn to even look at the screen. I mean, this is halfway in, and there's nothing there, and it's it's just rough. Up until then, wow. uh, I would say it's just bad high school drama. I hate to be this brutal out of the gate on it, but it was a lot of waste of time on this one. Some highlights, like I said already, yeah. uh, areas that work are performances uh, with the mother and the uh, the gym teacher. Okay, uh, That relationship between the gym teacher specifically, I think are really great because it's leaning into kind of this nurturing of Carrie that she doesn't get. And she's trying to, you know, have her have fun and, and, and really discover herself in high school. It's, once again, it does not twist the knife at all. It doesn't uh, add a a bit of salt to our drama. It doesn't really do anything there. Uh, It's nice that she has someone on her side, but not really used strategically in the screenwriting of this. Uh, And then the crazy religious mom is, is, you know, again, very iconic, but I just wish it was used in a better way. Some sort of hook to be a voice of doubt uh, among Carrie's mind. And there's a bit of that, but it goes nowhere and... Again, just very disappointing. If anything, the fact that we don't see more sprinkles of Carrie's power Mm -hmm. up until this point, we see very little. Mm -hmm. But the mother should have been constantly putting pressure on there and her having to lash out in some way and try to hide that power. There's a bit of that, but it needs to be amped up so we stay engaged engaged for the hour long you know, build up to a thirty-minute finale uh, with the prom. Though. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it sounds like it's failing a little bit. <laughs> oh yeah. Things. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. I don't mean don't mean to be huh. brutal out of the game. No, it's but... surprising,
0: but. And okay, well, just still with the actors, uh, how mm-hmm. was uh, Sissy Spacek as uh, as Carrie?
1: Oh, uh, would... she was good. Uh, was very quiet. Okay. Uh, I believe this is her first performance as well. Uh, so you know, uh, start to I don't know if I would call it an iconic career, but you know, Sissy Spacek is definitely uh, someone to recognize. Uh, oh, for sure, uh, in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. Um, the mother as well. I forget the, the the actress's name, but very very iconic in her performance of of you know this this psycho. You know again it goes to the extent that she's shaming her for even being a woman and all, right, uh, right so I mean this is clearly you know big, big delusions uh you know and trapping her in in, in both her development and uh and you know actually as a child within the house and whatnot mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's nowhere near enough to save it, and I would say even this, the writing itself of these characters is again it's it's not there, this is not hitting, for okay, me, so the soundtrack is an absolute joke. (laughs) Uh, There's a weird 70s game show feel. There's like... Slide oh. whistles and horns, and it's very oh, odd. okay, that's it's, weird, that's yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not, not
0: fitting, and not, not, not weird fitting either, just just plain no, out, not good.
1: No, no, and, and, and it's, it's featured pro- pro- prominently in uh, that one detention scene that was just a waste of time, so I, I was really tuned into it as well, because uh. I was like, this is, oh, yeah, this is not good. I usually don't kind of criticize the flavor of a soundtrack so much, but I would say it's, again, the context here. This is a horror movie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I, these are things that are taking you out of the horror and – Making those boring moments stand out all the more because then you're saying what what is the feeling this movie is going for?
0: Yeah, it's super important. That I mean, that's why we bring it up all the time. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly. It's it's a it's a big thing for me, uh, and and I think it's definitely noticeable in its fault here as right. well. Yeah. So, but bottom line, really, the conclusion here is not worth the payoff. This story should have been given small beats of conflict, wow. like I said, to for Carrie to test her powers, for us to be engaged in some sort of way, even similar at the time understands this. We have the same year, The Omen coming out, which is a phenomenal movie. Yeah, And a few years later, as far as Stephen King ad- adaptations, we have The Shining which is is well familiar with giving beats of <laughs> beats of action and, and this psychic ability, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, we need to be keyed in. We need to be engaged with the audience, and this film is just missing that. The ending to this certainly has iconic visuals and some shock value for how far they go, but it is simply not worth sitting through a very high, uh, generic high school plot to get there. We're okay. going to go ahead and give Carrie 1976- a 35. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, I, like I said, wow. I didn't mean to be brutal out of the gate, but this was not a hot start. Yeah, I definitely
0: could have predicted that. Yeah. Because you just hear carry. You just assume, you know, it's mm-hmm. a classic. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been remade, you know. Exactly. <clears throat> Stephen King, about well, 35. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, really, even for an hour 38, it's really – that 35 just represents not worth your time. Yeah, yeah. And if you just – if you want King, there's a lot of other content out there uh, There's and a lot a of, lot other of con- better stuff.
1: And, and so much around the same theme of small-town psychic powers. True. You know what yeah. I mean? No, for uh, sure. <laughs> so
0: That's a great way to put it. Okay, so Carrie with the, with the 35%. Okay, we're going to jump some years in advance here. We're 1983 now. Another classic. I mean, all these are pretty – Damn classics. Everyone knows the names of these films. Mm -hmm. But again, 1983, this is Cujo, directed by Louis Teague. And how did this fare up, and especially for a 2022 watch?
1: Sure, a a lot better. Cujo uh, is obviously about a dog <laughs> in, case, in case you don't know uh, but this is uh, really about a family drama involving trust and uh, even from that brief explanation you can see that there's more to it than just as kind of a single payoff of the horror beats of mm-hmm. this. There's there's more to it there. The family is uh, a, a, fa- a family of three. It is the focus here and is focused around their bonds getting strained in between each other. A uh, husband wife wife. wife also mother to son. There's a lot done to kind of strain that and the appearance of a rabbit dog is kind of just the, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back right. as far as making a, a situation worse. This gives me a lot of TV movie vibes, granted. I could uh, totally see that. Yeah. Yeah, I could, absolutely. <laughs> that totally yeah. makes sense. <laughs> and I don't mean to knock it in that kind of way, uh, but uh, it's It's just the way it held up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't stellar for that reason. Uh, I think there's a lot to love about this film. Film, but it wasn't. It just wasn't jumping out, or it wasn't you know, kind of edging my seat for that reason. Sure, absolutely. Maybe it has something to do with some, such the family focus in this uh, and the. You know, obviously, we're talking about Stephen King properties where the original It was entirely a TV special, so maybe that's just oh, was I've the market. About that. Yeah, yeah. You know, the quality of the production is just a little bit on the simpler side, and, and definitely something to note for my critique. Okay. Um, but even with a simpler plot than Carrie, it works so much better because while we have Cujo being kind of push towards the end, the latter half of the film, just like we have in, in, in the previous entry uh, there is engagement through this family drama that keeps us in paying attention to the screen uh, I think it keeps us in involved in maybe rooting against our characters which hmm. is always kind of a, a little bit of a line that you want to dance with with horror so I think this movie is, is coming out swinging a lot better and especially when we finally get there, uh, the animal work around Cujo is very, very impressive. Yeah, that's um, cool. On two sides of this, we're talking about makeup. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the actual disgusting progression <laughs> of,
0: right, of, sure. of
1: how he looks and, and the gunk and the blood and everything like that. <laughs> uh, I think there is a lot of credit done there. But there's also... I mean, I'm no expert as far as like animal training or anything like that, but there's it's really solid. There's subtleties to this this Saint Bernard. Uh, there is that is the dog, right? Saint yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's subtleties to how he's breathing. He's he's getting tired as 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 it kind of progresses. As it uh, you know, as he's getting more involved and, and the disease is taking over. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, it does a lot, and I would say, oddly enough, I mean, Cujo the dog mm-hmm. is. The star of the show, without a doubt. I mean, the actors don't even come close to what the dog that's is doing. so cool.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. and <laughs> were there elements of were you picking up on things of maybe sometimes they were using more in studio dog uh, dog sounds or voicing or anything like that? like, you know what I mean, um, was it maybe they were overdubbing?
1: I think there probably has to be, especially for some of the uh, some of the hits, if okay. you will. You know, I mean, I, I, I
0: guess the biggest thing is what I'm asking is, even for '83, there wasn't much noticeable. Like no, you weren't no. just like, oh, that was this. Oh, that yeah. was that. You know, because you can le- give leniency because. it's...
1: Sure, sure. And maybe that TV movie production kind of – Or that TV feel Right, right. Uh, But even
0: 40 years old, it still holds
1: up that good where you're like, oh, no, no, no." they did a solid job here all around. Yeah, absolutely. I would say so. That's pretty cool. Uh, Yeah. Uh, And I think – Again, I, d- I don't know too much into the actual animal production of this uh, or the animal training. Uh, sure, you know the specialists. Yeah, it, w- it was it was impressing me, and and, and sound design and, and visual effects design absolutely are highlight there. You know, from makeup work to subtle subtle cues that the dog does. You know, yeah, that would be refreshing
0: to see because I mean now twenty twenty two would just be CGI.
1: Oh one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So
0: it's kind of refreshing. What we talked about at the same recently
1: uh, Tom Hanks, um, Turner and Hooch. <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Terry? Oh, oh, oh,
0: you talk, oh, um, oh, that the the iTunes movie, <laughs> yeah, the iTunes. What is it called? app Finch? Finch, Finch, yeah, iTunes.
1: <laughs> I don't know why I'm even bringing it up because the dog wasn't even CGI in Finch. So no, oh, you. I thought you said it was. Wait, uh, wait, was the I dog think that CGI? dog was completely CGI or was it not? I forget. Something else was CGI. No, no, I think the dog was real. I think uh, well, obviously the robot was part CGI. There was a mix of anyway.
0: Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't it's not like it was a movie that yeah, anyone saw yeah. anyway.
1: But no, I, I agree with you. uh wasn't there that I think Hooch, Harrison. We, gotta, we gotta watch Hooch next, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we should do a dog special. Dog
1: special. Yeah. Oh there and there was there was well, we uh, we, we, we skipped uh, that dog movie in February with uh, Channing Tatum. It was just called Dog.
0: The special is writing itself at this point.
1: (laughs) I don't want to watch all these dog films. That's really funny. But anyway, okay, back on the tracks.
0: Cujo looked good.
1: Yes, and I would say definitely the highlight, and if there's a sole reason, you know, I mean, maybe it's not like a dog lover film because it's a horror around it, uh, but uh, definitely a a huge highlight to a otherwise kind of, you know, middle-of-the-road production. You know what I mean? This is, this is a big shining spotlight on something that elsewise the rest of the movie it has has pretty low budget. But yeah, I, I mean, very simple film. I have a note here for soundtrack that it's pretty 80s. Uh, there's a cool heartbeat mm. motif that's in here. Felt very John Carpenter, which, a little bit of a, of a nod to Firestarter that we'll talk about in a l- later on in the par- podcast, but John Carpenter actually does the music for Firestarter. Oh, really? Well, yeah, well, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, decent soundtrack. I would say, overall... Pick, picks up the horror beats. Yes. And, and yeah. Exactly. It helps yeah, it's add... certainly not a game show vibe like Carrie's. <laughs> <Right. so. laughs> helps
0: add to the suspense or at least what's happening in the exactly. in the scenes. Good. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But I, I would say overall, this, this film is very simple. Uh, there is a final sequence in this that is pretty much the last 30 minutes of the film. And I won't get into spoilers, of course, mm-hmm. but I think this is where Cujo, pop culture-wise, would gain its kind of Jaws-like popularity or its Jaws-like uh, oh. status to it where it's... They're the
0: same movie in many ways. <laughs> yeah. I'm just thinking about it. It's a good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: but that uh, it, it's really in that last 30 minutes. Yeah. So, you know, the wall from a bird's eye you could be saying, well, this is the same thing as Carrie. This is, you know, us waiting for the conclusion. Right, I was just gonna way. say,
0: it's worth the hour to get there. Exactly. Yeah.
1: It's worth the hour and much more engaging within that hour because yeah, the of whole, this family drama. Right, the
0: whole know? film is worth it. Exactly. Not just specific element. Cool. Yeah, uh,
1: I, I think it's effective at making a complete... And full story out of a rabid dog attack which is you know not really (laughs) you know if you you had to write a short sit down and write a story are you really going to fill you know two hours or an hour and 30 of time you know around a rabid dog attack Mm -hmm. so I think it is a a, you know effective or impressive that it pulls that off characters act a little bit illogically in that last 30 minutes uh, but at that point you're just kind of you know, you're kind of waiting for the movie to end a little bit, so I'm not going to really take my knives out on it. And I think it's it, it's a shame that this this illogical horror acting is there in the last 30 minutes because it's just – it really is a victim of it just being crammed into the last 30 minutes. So
0: so was the manic – did you – so you weren't buying it, basically. It was a little bit too far. Yeah. Like we always say we like competent characters. Mm-hmm. But there's reason for them to be a little manic at the end yeah. when things are coming and we're coming to a head. Exactly. But they still went – like they pushed it too much. They
1: pushed it a little bit too much. Uh, I was just like, why? Why are you doing that? You know? Okay, gotcha. Got <laughs> that, that, that type thing. of you know uh, intuition or, or kind of bullshit alarm went off. Basically. Yeah, no, for sure. So. <laughs> I think I think it's a
0: very much just a product of of horror movies. sometimes. Yeah. it's a classic thing. It's just like, why would you go into you know the no outlet or why would you go into the room where there's no way out (laughs) yeah yeah
1: that kind for of sure, stuff. for sure, and and legitimately, on the other hand, I don't know how you would write this film to maybe be padding out these this rabbit dog attack. I mean, the dog's sure. just gonna get put down, you know, right. <laughs> in the second act. So, uh, maybe the dog has babies and they're all rabid, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not I'm not Stephen King and not a screenwriter, but I would say in its current form, we're just kind of waiting for something to happen. Yeah. I think it's done leagues better than Carrie, but still kind of falls to that same criticism. Uh, I think. Uh, Overall, though, a a decent movie, not a huge recommendation from me, but you can watch much worse things with your time, and if anything, uh, the animal work here is a pretty big highlight if that is something that you enjoy at home for folks. Uh, We're going to go ahead and give Cujo a 56. 56. All right, good movie. And also, I think, telling that they haven't tried to remake Cujo. I, mean, I was
0: actually surprised by it. Yeah, that they, they didn't do did it.
1: Pet cemetery, They did uh, Carrie. Uh, you'd think Cujo would be ripe for that. So, uh, just wait. I'm sure it's just a matter of time. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, spoken and, into existence. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Carrie was 2013. Mm-hmm. They yep. came
0: back and redid that one. Now I'm wondering. I think it's, we're going to be ticking up here. I just have a feeling. But this is <laughs> so. This is we're we're now in 1986. Uh, this is Stand By Me. With Rob Reiner. How who, do we
1: keep on circling back with Rob Tom? <laughs> ah,
0: you know, it's really funny because he was he had such a great stretch of films. Yeah. Yeah. I mean he was like he was one of the top guys. Mm-hmm. And he kind of just sucks lately, right?
1: Yeah, I I, I don't think he directs much. Uh, he was obviously in Wolf of Wall Street as in an acting performance. Which was so. funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually liked so. him in that role. Yeah. Uh,
0: um. But <laughs> anyway, I guess that's my big that my right, take right. on Rob Reiner. <laughs> yeah, well, certainly back to Rob <laughs> Reiner. But no, Stand By Me, again, another name that everyone knows whether you've seen the film or not. Mm-hmm. And what did we get with this classic? How did it fare? Again, it's still about what's... 37 years ago, something like that. Yeah, mean, yeah. Yeah.
1: And, and a step back earlier in his career from what we covered uh, and, and really still a very solid movie mm-hmm. uh, as far as his repertoire. This one is definitely worthy of being called a classic in a lot of regards. Um, Stand by me is a tale of four boys who embark on a journey one summer day to find a rumored dead body. Each of these characters, and this is really the focus of the film for folks at home if you have not seen this, um, each of this, uh, these, these four boys, they have more to them than their surface personality. So that, uh, under the kind of emotional intensity of... Being young, being pubescent, and and going to see this this dead body, which is, is kind of a grisly grisly end uh, to to the odyssey of it, it kind of brings that emotion out in each of them. And uh, I'll say right off the back, and I'll, I'll I'll touch on it again, if you're wondering how these kids stand up to that type of emotional acting, yeah. I think it's it's oddly enough, and this is coming from me who is probably most critical of this, it really Absolutely. does stand up.
0: We we have we hold no. We don't hold back when it comes to kid acting. We, don't. we, we don't. think generally speaking it's bad. Yeah. Keep the kids off the screen. Keep it off. And uh, we will absolutely trash a kid if need be. But yeah. <laughs> still. And you have four of them here, but I mean, that's it's good. It's when you yeah. have because when you have quality kid acting, I mean, that's what that's the big thing where people why Stranger Things uh, can be so good because read it's, my mind when it's good, it's really good. Absolutely, and these four kids do.
1: Yes, absolutely. I, I almost each and every one of them, too. Uh, you that's know, important. I, mean, I would like imagine, yeah, I, I mean, definitely, you know, <laughs> get it together. <laughs> like Jerry
0: O'Connell is still pulling <laughs> yeah, his yeah, weight, yeah, good,
1: good, yeah, yeah. Uh, the main are is going to be Will Wheaton and, I believe, uh, Rivers Rif- Phoenix? Uh, yep. River Phoenix, yep. yep. Both of them are great, but even... Um, yeah,
0: Corey Feldman. Yep.
1: Uh, oddly enough, I mean, believe me, I'm not a Corey Feldman fan, but good here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, just very surprising uh, across the board. But you hit the nail on the head. It's so wild to see the mood or or the source material for the mood and tone that media like Stranger Things will try to imitate. Yeah. Uh, This is, I would say, a good watch in modern day because, I mean, obviously, things are going to be Trying to do the Stranger Things route forever, right, you know that, right. that kind of eighties nostalgia. I think I feel like we're already past eighties nostalgia and entering into nineties and two thousands type of nostalgia grabs. I would say sure, yeah. Uh, but the format, uh, or if you if you will, the bl- the blueprint of. For young kids and talking and doing dealing with more emotional things like adults would and some
0: type of adventure drama drama yeah. horror mystery type thing yeah, yeah for sure
1: I can't really say that there is a blue player older than this and the Goonies and obviously the Goonies more comedic so this is Stand by Me I think is a, a good recommendation from me because. Mm-hmm. It's it really is. It's it's fascinating to watch the uh, a blueprint of that, and probably the most emotional and true to the emotion of these characters as well. You know, we don't see uh, Stranger Things, you know, tackling the type of emotion in this that you're story. getting out of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that That's each so of the good. kids and, and are to going get... to and kind of unpacks and unpeels that. The so.
0: fact that the writing was there for it, and mm-hmm. then it's you're dealing with kids, and then for them to deliver and mm-hmm. deliver the lines so well. I mean, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
1: We, uh, we, you know, we can talk more about the kid acting. I have more notes on it. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, it really is the whole movie. Uh, I would say it, it, if I had to give it the elevator pitch, it's, it's pretty, pretty decent. If trending, very good. I would say sometimes it 's just hard for me to take serious when we go from kind of like a you know a fart joke or something like that into a kid breaking down crying. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know there is a lot there that I would say there's a huge demand for emotion in these kid actors and they 're there to meet it and I think that is enough to get kind of a pass from me sure uh, the fact that they 're even trying to Make sure all four of our kid actors are engaged with the plot and, and that they're they're bringing that emotion. Yeah, to and that it.
0: that itself is a juggling act. Yeah, yeah. For the writers and everything like that. The for production, sure. absolutely,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. absolutely. But I, I think I, I put a lot of notes for it because I think it is still going to. Though it was a pass for me, I think it is still going to live and die uh, on whether you can you like kid actors or not. Uh, I could see someone really not liking this movie at all because that's just not checking a box for them and sure. they have no interest watching a story like But I that.
0: think there's something to be said that when the kid acting is good, then it's really good. And it's almost, yep. it's, it helps the watchability factor to it even more. For sure. It's not just like, oh, okay, yeah, this is good. It's like, oh, wow, these kids are good. And I think it, it's, I don't know, I think I think this is, would be for most audiences. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. really do.
1: And that in combi- combination with like the blueprint aspect of this, I think right. it was a fascinating watch in, in, in kind of modern day. For yeah, that. definitely. So... But yeah, I, I would say when it comes to personally, as an example, this movie overcoming some of my usual bias <laughs> that I, I do not like kid acting. Absolutely. Uh, guess Just what? Let's go back and listen to The Adam Project. <laughs> Has <laughs> that get acted in anything else yet? We gotta, we gotta watch his career. Um, Anyway, but guess what? But guess what? I mean, I, this this I think got over even my heavy critique of that type of uh, or my bias, my personal bias. I mean, it is probably the best per- performance Will Wheaton has ever done uh, in, to today uh, with his career. You know, uh, that includes Next Gen and you know whatever the hell he's doing now. So uh, <laughs> hosting shows about Picard and whatnot. So, not on the show, but. Hosting (laughs) We also get Kiefer Sutherland, which I have a huge soft spot for. Uh, A minor role, but yeah, you know, he adds some much needed pressure to the story, which kind of keeps things interesting. <laughs> I don't know why I was thinking of you, Tom, when watching this, but I was thinking of actually The Revenant with this, just with what? the re- – <laughs> well, think of it. It, it's like an odyssey. They're trying to get somewhere, uh. Uh, and Kiefer's role is to press, put pressure from behind. Okay, gotcha, uh, And, and kind of gotcha. they move it along, you know? So <laughs> – and that, that's really Kiefer's role in this I gotcha. To, uh, to to be that they're they're not just on in the wilderness by themselves. They're not just uh, with their emotions by themselves. But right, there has, right. There is a real threat to yes, it. Yes, yeah, yeah.
0: Know? And a big, a huge bear attack scene, right? Too. <laughs> that was
1: when Will Wheaton cut open that horse. Man. <laughs> no, but that's a good point. Actually, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. I uh, hate to say it. Uh, the soundtrack was a little bit. <laughs> He knew it was coming. He, was, he was waiting for it. Uh, the soundtrack was a little bit of Forrest Gump syndrome. Listen, oh I get it. They're in the fifties. Are we touching we, on that? This we have to. Oh, I've been. I, I think I've called it Forrest Gump syndrome before. <laughs> I get it. You know, we have to hear doo-wop every inch of the soundtrack. And 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 I can't stress enough. This is not a judgment of the quality of the music, but I feel it is impossibly cheap and lazy when there is, it's not incorporated into real story beats. There is a rate, you know, and there's almost a glimpse of them doing it right. Um, <laughs> they have a, uh, not a, a Walkman, but, you know, uh, I guess just a, a normal radio that they carry around and okay. whatnot. And sometimes music is put through there. Other times, it's just they're putting in whatever song they want to from the time period. And it just, it feels well, at least cheap. they
0: stayed in the decade. Like, they weren't jumping decades and everything, right?
1: Uh, sure, yes. It was not a House of Gucci problem. Yes, uh, yeah, to, right, right, right. Right. make a recent callback. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, but, but overall, uh, it was just too much. Yeah. If I, it if you, was
0: sprinkled in a little bit... Exactly. You know, it, they, okay. Incorporate
1: your music if you want a soundtrack like that. And I'm not talking about a score. You know, I'm talking oh, about yeah, actual course, sort of songs yeah. uh, into story set pieces. Sure. And and I think why I make such a big note out of this, not that it was a make or break for me uh, with this film, but... It, it, it's almost there. They uh, they have some setup. Right, right. Go all the way. I, I just don't understand. It's kind of a drop ball with that. Okay. So.
0: And was it matching your mood at all? So with with your emotions and mood of where you are in particular scenes. Mm-hmm was the music almost jarring in some sort of way? Or did, were they at least trying to match a, you know, in, sh- in good feel moments, was it good feel music? It yeah. Was, you know, in intense scenes, was it?
1: Well, there's not really like intense do wop
0: <laughs> but, <laughs> well, that's,
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think it, it, it is uplifting and upbeat when it needs to, and that's, Primarily when the kids okay, so aren't like crying or it's, something. It's you know? somewhat matched, right? It's, yeah, it's yeah. somewhat
0: matched. It exactly. Okay, gotcha. So,
1: more so, it's it's a judgment of you know be creative uh, in 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 the writing of of how music is incorporated into set pieces or into story elements. Okay, so, very cool. I would say though, a pretty solid movie. There is a lot of meaningful arcs for our characters, and I like I said, there is a, a heavy amount of fascination to look at this as the starting br- blueprint of. Uh, uh, what a lot, even beyond Stranger Things, tries to rip off. I mean, we're talking even the the newer It films are basically trying to rip off this film with the collection of friends. Right, you know, right. That's yeah. another stupid thing. Oh, King yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it really yeah. is a, a starting point there, and 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 a little bit kind of really. I was coming at this much higher at the beginning of the film because I was so kind of enveloped with wow, this is, this is is it's all right here, what everyone right. tries to do with right. these kind of kid-focused stories. But uh, still very, very creative, uh, a very good time in a solid movie. Like I said, my caveat for this is for those that know kid films won't work for them already, guess what? This is not going to be in that. Uh, let me lean into the recommendation side of this, though. If you mm-hmm. have not seen this and enjoy any kind of a media that we talked about so far, I think you're going to have a great time with this film. So, okay. we're going to go ahead and give Stand by Me a 73.
0: Oh, 73 is a very good score.
1: Mm-hmm. well deserved. And the, the, the film story.
0: again, it's only an hour and 29. Yeah. I mean, these are it all snappy. Breezy. These Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. So, okay, so 73 is a uh, yeah, that's a pretty damn good film. Mm-hmm. And like, like I said, I think suiting for most for most audiences. Yes. Be very interested to uh to really get a feel for how true King fans Actual mm. people reading his novels. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder how they view these films. It would be interesting.
1: I wonder, too. And maybe that's just some of the revere of even, like, Carrie being that first adaptation. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. there was there was electricity around it. Right, but,
0: right. Um, yeah. Okay. All right, Vince. So, all right, so we're going to keep it going. That was just 86. We're going to 1999 now. Again, a movie I think everybody knows. This is <laughs> the Green Mile, uh, with the likes of Tom Hanks and Michael Clark Duncan and mm. David Morse. And mm-hmm. what do we have here with
1: with the Green Mile? Uh, so uh, one I've actually never seen. Uh, I have not seen. I've seen like memes, of, <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. But that must have been cool to like watch it with uh, yeah. fresh eyes. Uh,
1: yeah, and and it really is such a a unique story and how it's told. Um, it really is. Kind of, it's kind of a reverse Shawshank Redemption in the sense that oh. it's about just giving humanity to prisoners in a very hardcore kind of uh, not turn of the century, but uh, old old timey prison to it. Right, right, sure, um, yeah. Frank Darabont uh, as a director is seemingly the so- solely responsible for saving Stephen King's movie career uh, as <laughs> uh, <laughs> from from being much lower in quality as an average point, definitely on on my ratings. (laughs) Uh, I would say uh, while it's not the greatest movie The Mist has a lot of style to it and is a bit of a cult classic Uh, definitely worth a watch Uh, then of course we have Shawshank Redemption a powerhouse of the film uh, which is without a doubt the best Stephen King movie kind of coming to to top of mind and a total must watch especially among Frank's work as a director okay sure Frank is also writing or adapting these uh, as the screenplay for this so that counts for Green Mile and and Shawshank. I don't know about The Mist off okay. the top of my head.
0: Um, and, it re- and I think it's only him solely, too. Uh, working yeah. off of King's novels, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- well it is, I know it is with Green Mile, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think it might be the same for the Shawshank as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, and I think rightfully so. I mean, he knows how to craft this feel of, again, I don't want to say turn of the century because it's not, but old-timey jail. Yes. Old-timey jail, I guess, has a...
0: Yes. Um, I mean, we're know. still... what? What is this time period? It's supposed to be like... A uh, Depression like, era?
1: Yeah, Depression era, a little bit after. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I think yeah. pre-World War II, though, specifically. Okay, so, yes, yes, yeah. Uh, I could be wrong, but uh, Tom Hanks plays a guard captain on death row here, named the Green Mile, what is a very mundane job that never tests his character uh, or his morality with the evil that surrounds him. That evil is seen through a different lens throughout the film um, that evil you, what you would assume to be a death row inmate uh, is kind of casted in a different light and that is definitely put into a, a test when a new inmate comes in and kind of miraculously changes everything for not only Tom but mm-hmm. uh, pretty much everyone on the Green Mile uh, and on the death row block I would say it's it's most impressive here this film is in that prison feel I cannot understate that especially this coming after Shawshank Redemption you think this might be tired out but there I don't, I don't think anyone else even tries to tackle this type of prison feel and hmm. and and Frank is as a director is so I mean he's got it on lock this is his you know genre almost So, but it felt
0: real Oh, it just yeah. felt real and believable every part of it
1: absolutely and in ways uh, ref- uh you know to kind of counter what i was i was saying there you, this could maybe feel tired out if you watch shawshank back to back with it but i right. feel green mile crafts its own identity because there's such a kind of a sad whimsicalness to it hmm. uh, you know the lens we see That's interesting that's an interesting yeah. take uh, the The lens we see these um these inmates through you know we know as the audience the reality is they are death row you right know, they yeah. have been constructed, yeah. but constantly the villains or the the monsters are not behind the bars they are you know on on the green mile itself, so uh I think it's uh, it's a it's a very, very well crafted story, and the visual storytelling is right there to meet it.
0: And I love the fact that it's thats good to hear that it stands on its own. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, yeah, the Green Mile, yeah, yeah, no, but watch Shawshank. You're right. That's right. cool that it, on its own, it is standing at its own property, mm-hmm. even though there's so many kind of little sim- similarities.
1: Exactly, exactly. It's just
0: five years ago, by the way, because I think Shawshank, oh, that's right. So Shawshank, I believe, was 1994. Mm hmm. And like probably showed him one for Best Picture, but Forrest Gump did Ironically enough. <laughs> oh wow! Look at that. Um, but <laughs> no, that. it's all tying together. But even so, four <laughs> years later, only or five years later, to still have like to come back to that type of genre, yeah. But create it new, keep it fresh.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. And, and yeah, there's 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 a freshness to it. I think it's also a little bit of a higher, mu- uh, a little bit of higher of a recommendation for me because. Not many people are tackling that as a, a setting, uh, and and not only that, he's doing it to such a high degree. Yes. Like you really feel like you're there in that time period. Uh, from
0: which the... could be extremely disturbing. It could be, sure. you know, I mean, sure. it, it could keep audience audiences away. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm just trying to run things through my head, and it's mm-hmm. not really much yeah. of a touched on subject yeah yeah, yeah, yeah which is... well, and then, like that era and everything like that <laughs> exactly yeah.
1: and maybe even the difficulty of us kind of putting our finger on you know what what era prison uh, that's supposed prison, to be prison yeah. i think
0: you just like think about how many crazy dark things you can have with like eight, you know 18th century prisons no sure sure Civil going War even prisons. older yeah, so, yeah yeah it's yeah, just absolutely. like it's really i guess not touched on yeah, and so. again maybe it's because it's not exactly uh it could be definitely an off-putting topic <laughs> yeah, yeah but regardless it feels like you're there he's he's you're Buying into the world that he's creating, now.
1: yeah, and I got to give credit just that he is crafting this this subgenre himself, uh, Frank, as a right, director, yeah. you know, and a writer as well. Mm-hmm, so yeah. in, in adapting this, let's talk about Tom Hanks. Uh, <laughs> Tom Hanks is hit or miss for me uh, uh, a little bit uh, <laughs> when it comes to the the aforementioned uh, Forrest Gump that that was, would probably be a miss, but luckily I do like him a lot here. He plays. A really great protagonist, and I'm I'm always one to kind of root for the villain. I like you know well crafted yeah. villains, yeah, definitely. you know salt and pepper like we've talked about uh, you know on the podcast yeah. plenty of times now. But it's so good to see when it's being done on. The protagonist on the hero basically Mm -hmm. you know he is by no means a perfect man but he is perfect in the morals he brings to uh, again a mundane job right Uh, he's a stand up guy and uh, a character you really want to root for because it's not that he's up against the world but he holds true to his ethics and his morals in and his duty and his duty in those little moments and that's what really crafts that character for it and again he certainly has flaws he's He's, he's he's not he's not a perfect character by any means, but a very well crafted hero to this to this story.
0: That's good to hear. And a good it's good to hear that he carries it too, because I feel like sometimes Tom Hanks just like sometimes I just feel like he's not the best actor. Actually, mm-hmm. you know me, huge Hanks fan. Yeah, as I mean, with most people, it's not right, like That's right. anything crazy yeah, it's, to it's say like controversial. But it, I will say, like, if you go through his films, where it's just like sometimes, like you said, it is here to sometimes yeah. it's like, oh, what are his. Is he truly? Can he? Is he truly? Is he a comedic a or actor, drama- uh, dramatic actor? You know? Right, exactly. Kinda pick a lane almost. So, but it's in incidents like this, and a lot of other times in the '90s as well. I mean, you know, I mean, he's on fire right here. Mm, I Absolutely. Mean, yeah. Jet fuel as far mm-hmm. as uh, box office goes right now. Absolutely. It's good to see that. He fits this character and delivers it well.
1: Yeah, and and I think uh, again, uh, sh- equal credit is probably shared in the writing and the adapting of this story uh, for for the character himself. But Tom really does <laughs> Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we got we got we to do Hank, last name for yeah. that one. Hanks is is definitely a uh, bringing a lot. And I and again, uh, like how I would describe as a hero in the mundane. And I think there's such a an originality to that. You know, there's not really mm-hmm. any mm-hmm. kind of bombastic stakes to what we're up. Against. Against, but he still brings it full on. Yeah. And that's great. Cool. So uh, I mentioned already the movie's tone is sad but whimsical. Uh, uh, very heavy topics around the Green Mile being death row. Uh, are introduced, uh, but it is contrasted with a whimsical uh, comedic setups and very lighthearted moments with the prisoners, with the guards, uh, and and around life in general. Kind mm-hmm. of a, definitely a, a lens or philosophy to life itself uh, that our characters kind of exist in. These prisoners may be sentenced to death, but nearly all of them are victims in circumstance in some way. So in just the same way that we have almost a perfectly morally good character with with uh, Hanks's character. Uh, we have what was assumed to be perfectly evil death row uh, inmates right. that are then opened up, and 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 it creates a um, a range, you know, for how these characters are are actually human and how we meet them on their own terms, you know, under these absolutely this, this absolutely tight circumstance. So,
0: is it the story hugely of of complete different set of people in different circumstances? And mm-hmm. yet, so so many similarities, similarities as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. As far as good and evil, and that being blended in each individual character. Mm-hmm, yeah,
1: mm-hmm. There, there's so much too that uh, is. You know, they, they could really try to focus on what they actually did to get them onto death row. But sometimes that's looked away at or sometimes it's as well uh, kind of shown and saying, hey, this is, you know, maybe this is a kind of a social misunderstanding that's as cool. well. Yeah. So, uh, again, uh, props to whenever King wrote this originally, mm-hmm. definitely props to 99 for kind of tackling that as an issue yeah. in, in, in a film. So I have a question. Sure.
0: Because this is the first time now, the first three films are like basically an hour and a half. Mm. This is three hours and nine minutes. Yeah, and um, how is the, needy? It, right? Is it necessary? <laughs> um, is it good? Needy. You, we've watched. Was it Magnolia? Yeah, and that yeah. was that was over three hours. That was and you three. said worth it.
1: Yeah, I think this is generally worth it as well. Okay, so there's so much time dedicated to these comedic setups, these kind of wacky, sad, whimsical moments. Right. Okay. Maybe not wacky, but but sad, whimsical. And when when it comes to when I look at each of those comedic moments individually. I could definitely, you know, if I was in the editing booth, I could say, ah, we can chop this, we can chop this, you know. Yeah. I could, in, I could three, definitely say there's fat to
0: trim. In three hours and nine minutes, you're going to find it.
1: Yeah, but at the same time, this story itself is a very unique story mm-hmm. about c- creating a lens that we're seeing our brutal characters through in a new light, uh, in 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 the same light that that Tom Hanks is seeing them, right. these these prisoners through. And though it may, you know, though every comedic setup may not be necessary uh, for the movie or for the message I do think it's still worth the 3 hours Good. because we get so attached you know to our characters this way you know they have it's like a small ample epic, time really. yeah they have ample time to really get to know them and, and 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 these comedic setups again they may and not it's be worth necessary it right yes. right but the end result the the result the the outcome is worth it right you're not sitting there being like i don't give a
0: shit about this right now <laughs> that's good that's you're engaged throughout that three hours and nine minutes yeah, even though yeah. of course in a movie that long it's fat to trim absolutely yeah, absolutely that's good to hear i mean that's you're really sitting down and you are giving your three hours in, in to be for kind sure. of entranced in this world. Yeah, for sure. Cool. I mean, that's what, that's and
1: there's, it's such a unique story. This is not yes. going to be yeah. something that... Talk uh, about like, generic, like Carrie. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, so interesting of how this progresses and... The, you know, kind of uh, magical realism elements to Stephen King's writing that comes in through here. For, I mean, I almost, I maybe shot myself in the foot of not saying this, this is not a horror movie outwardly. It right, deals with right. horrific kind of circumstances of Death Row, but it is it is not outwardly a horror movie. So there, there's there's just so much of a unique story being told here. It is absolutely worth your three hours awesome. for that when very it comes cool, to very it. Very cool, very cool. So... Additionally, uh, I would say uh, we have some of our best performances through prisoners. Of course, uh, rest in peace, Michael Clark Duncan. Yep. Uh, gets his uh, sole Oscar nomination here, and honestly, would have had my vote uh, to win for best supporting that year. Uh, I looked at it when I when I wrote down my notes, but pretty sure that was a slim best supporting year on that year really for Oscars.
0: 99 yeah okay uh,
1: best supporting that is yeah so, yeah uh but also that let me let me just drill in he does such a great job yeah uh, at, yeah. at crafting a unique character and and really is the key if the whole point of the film is to kind of flip your flip the lens and make you question your biases uh, in coming into this death row story uh, he is the key to that and he okay. sells it just so wonderfully uh, we also get a very early Sam Rockwell uh, making yes. an appearance uh, the working actor himself uh, and <laughs> uh, is pretty iconic in establishing his usual provoker role I think I give credit to to it because it's so early on in his career mm-hmm. that he has this kind of you know he's really found his, his 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 niche as as that provoker role and is seriously you know seriously a just an actor that's going to be all over the map and and just working his ass off but good to see that early on in his career and in this role specifically he hits a sweet spot that we see maybe later on in his career him getting recognition for. Like three billboards uh, that he got the Oscar for. Yeah. You know, it really is here. So, um. we've always liked Sam Rockwell, too. Oh, for sure.
0: He's always just, he's always there. He's always putting out good performances, Um, a lot of indie stuff sometimes, Mm -hmm. but he's always solid. Yeah. He's pretty much, you can always count on him big time. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. But I, I think this movie is a bit slow, but really, it is just such a unique story that really has just a surprising amount of heart. It keeps you interested, it keeps it unique. And, uh, not really a formulaic story in the slightest. And I think that is some high, high praise I can give to the originality of something. Believe me, if it is enough to justify a l- very meaty, three-hour-plus yeah, runtime for me, I think that alone hits a benchmark. We're gonna go ahead and give The Green Mile an 80 on the dot.
0: Oh, awesome. Yeah. I was hoping it would touch the 80s and it definitely absolutely. sounded like it was gonna reach it.
1: Yeah, well well worth it. And and again, just so unique. Yeah, uh,
0: a- straight up, this is a very good movie. Absolutely. I mean, that's what that represents yeah. as well.
1: And, the, and that... Uh, that as well. If we're going to be talking about a benchmark like that, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. there's not something that you could say, "Oh, that's good," but this is a better way to tell that story in a, in a in a pure movie. Just so.
0: for the pure uniqueness of it, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm so. Wow, very good. Okay, so Green Mile, yeah, that's really good to hear that it's at an 80%. I love how we're just moving up the numbers here. We have 35, <laughs> we're 56. We are climbing a little bit.
1: Is Firestarter going to be a 90? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Zac Efron,
0: 95. I don't think we've recorded a 90 percentile yet, right? No,
1: I don't think so. That's, I, don't that, yeah. think so. I
0: can't wait then for Firestarter. Uh, <laughs> Alright, but now so obviously we have one more film that is Firestarter left here, but folks, we're going to take a time here and just do this remind everybody about that this is the producer segment here in one to thank all you who have produced in the past and remind everyone that we're going off the value for value model. So Vin and I come here, we we host the show. Uh, what you can do though, you can actually help produce the show. You can go to the dailyratings.com, go up to the top right, to the donations tab, and through any value you get from us, whether it's the podcast or the website, uh, put a dollar sign to it and then could you send us a donation? By doing that, that makes you an actual legit Credited producer of doing this. Mm-hmm. So we're just starting out now. We're only really just, uh, we have a small audience, but we're growing slow and everything like that.
1: But we've been love hearing from that audience too. Oh my gosh. Like absolutely. the notes themselves have been so exciting to yes, hear for sure. and and, and, and kind of, you know, even the banter and the ribbing yeah. of, of my ratings. <laughs> I, I love
0: it. For sure. And that's, that's another thing where everybody thinks like almost. To talk to people privately and they're, they're at first nervous to critique or something like that. Oh. It's like, no, we welcome it. Yeah. We welcome it, absolutely. I'm critiquing these movies, you know. <laughs> and and we're not just slapping numbers anywhere. Yeah. These are meaningful. These have reason behind sure. them. You know, we try to do fair consistent. But anyway, folks, you know, it makes you an actual producer of doing this because this takes, it does take money to, to keep this going and it takes quite a lot of, of time. So as you can see on the website, more and more movies from our huge, basically, backlog of lists that we've had for years at this point you know to put those on it takes it takes a half an hour just to put one film on the site you know that's time doing that vin watching five films a week us doing this getting the podcast up and loaded and you know it takes a lot of time so we we're having a great time doing it and i think we'll continue to have a a blast doing it Mm -hmm. but being a producer it really is keeping it going because i don't think we could do it forever forever just five movies
1: a week we have My jobs, mental sanity is, <laughs> right. But, and so,
0: for those who have produced, that's what it mean. It's so meaningful to us. And you know, some of the perks of, of becoming a producer is you can write in a note, and uh, we're going to read it right here in this producer segment. You can ask questions, you can critique, you can you know have some laughs, and you know that's what it is. It's it's just it's a through line to you. And if you're going to take time to actually send us money to become a producer mm-hmm. uh, of the daily ratings, then you know that that definitely means something to us. So again, it's a value for value model. We're not the first ones to do. It you know, but uh, this is uh, this is what we think that podcasts should should do more and more of in the future. And we're kind of just building a daily ratings family here. So to all pro- producers and future producers, we thank you so much again. It's dailyratings.com. com. You go to the donation to- tab at the top right, and uh, and the donations are fun. You could do whatever amount of value you feel. So literally whatever you want, or we have reoccurring ones. So we have a weekly, we have a handful of monthlies, and everything that and that are kind of fun and representative of some things on our site. And, and that's kind of what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. So we appreciate you listening, and we hope you all become a producer in the future. And with that, Finn, I think we're going to keep this going. We have our last film. This is our in theaters or, or newly released, which is what yep. this is, newly released. This is Peacock.
1: Yeah, uh, Peacock and in theaters, actually. Wide release. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. which I was surprised. I watched it on Peacock because. You know, might, it- <laughs> might as well. I think I still have the subscription from Marry Me. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> And some films, you know, maybe you don't need the theater watch. Some yeah, films, yeah. like we said um, in the past, definitely worth the theater watch. Mm-hmm. But anyway, this is Firestarter. This is directed by Keith Thomas. Uh, what is this movie? What is it about? Sure. And, sure. Uh, and how was it overall?
1: Uh, so, uh, folks at home, as you can tell from this episode, uh, a Stephen King property does not always equal quality. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> these scores are a bit all over the map. And I think uh, that can really be the various quantity over quality that is associated with Stephen King's writing. He really is produces quite a bit, uh, and as always throughout his mm-hmm, career, mm-hmm. Uh, and the the films are really representative. of That folks, you might be asking, uh, why not review the original Firestarter? And I think it's because that original is panned even among Stephen King fans. So, oh, is that right? S- yeah, sadly, I didn't. Uh, you know, I mean, I I didn't want to. I kind of wanted just the slightest chance that Firestarter could kind of stand on its own. Oh, okay. All right, sure. Uh, And and especially with pre-research, like, seeing John Carpenter do the music, I was like, oh, wow. Well, that's cool. were Were
0: you able to stay away from reviews? Yes, I mean we we it just came out and you just saw it. We, yes, you know, we're trying to do this <laughs> Though, as they come out, but
1: oddly enough, Firestarter and as well Top Gun, they've been doing a lot of early press stuff, so it's kind of yes. a little bit a a minefield. But also at the same time, that's when something like a Rotten Tomatoes is the most accurate because it's not an audience score and it's not even all reviewer scores. So that's when you really get the hundred percents for you know opening weekend and whatnot.
0: So. Oh, the poop scores, you mean?
1: Or or <laughs> well, I think because I'm surprised I... <laughs> you said poops. So. <laughs> it's so, so serious well because I uh, oh you mean the poop scores <laughs> yeah I
0: think I think the initial weeks of Rotten Tomatoes is when they're the most terrible yeah yeah and is that what you're saying or you're saying that that's actually when they're the best
1: oh uh, no no that's um that opening
0: that first few weeks I think they're hot hot garbage oh uh, yes the you're end, saying quality I, yeah, yeah i the reviews true. themselves
1: are the most gushing oh whoa 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 yes. yeah yes yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah we're on the same page. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, that. yeah, they suck. Yeah, <laughs> 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 we'll call that the the, the poop timeline. Right, the, right. The, the, the poop era. <laughs> but regardless, <laughs> you were able
0: to dodge that, that that minefield a little bit and come in with fresh eyes to it. Yeah, I, and, and or I, not a not a tainted mind or I dirt. just
1: wanted to give it a fair shot. Uh, also, again, in my pre research, Blumhouse uh, does this mm. as far as horror production. Uh, I'll come right out and say as is: I'm not a fan of them. Blumhouse could be kind of associated like with like an A24 uh that it's just a no go for a lot of people. What are some um, other films they've done? Just so many, so okay. many horror movies. Happy Death Day, I mean just anything in the 2010s, okay. you know. <laughs> but you know, a, a gem I believe Blumhouse did, Get Out as well. So, you know, what I mean okay. there's there's sometimes, you know, main thing I wanted to separate myself from the original Firestarter and give a little bit of its own chance to to uh, survive on its own. So, uh, once again, we have a very simple story. Little girl has psychic powers, specifically pyrokinesis in this. Uh, but this time, both her parents, who were victims of experimental testing, they have psychic powers as well. And I think it's a little bit of stronger start to it almost being a family that kind of knows what's up the intensity of the psychic events or the second psychic action pieces if mm-hmm. you will uh, are a little bit more intense uh, and a little bit more ramped up and especially this being a new movie uh i believe the the that that trend of experimental government testing kind of like an mk ultra type of thing uh that was more in vogue back then for telling horror stories, right, right. Um, of course, Scanners uh, is is a is a good highlight of that. You yeah, know, kind of government hand over over you know some you know illegal testing uh, that results in powers did
0: you get I mean I hate to bring it up again for a second mm. time did you get like uh, Stranger Things
1: vibes no no this is very different Okay, okay uh, yeah. and especially this one specifically gotcha. brand new Firestarter I mean maybe original one but much more of a family focus okay, gotcha. uh, to it this uh, this family of psychic powers this puts them on a chase from the organization that gave the powers to them in the first place uh, and uh, really sprinkled throughout the film we have both family drama and a little bit of action sequences uh, until a big lead up of when the psychic uh powers are on big dis- are on you know a spotlight or on display uh, the family drama here is very bad oh <laughs> Zach really efron not good no no no, no good it's very rushed Uh, I actually, my note is extremely rushed. (laughs) I don't think I would have wrote that down if it wasn't extremely rushed. (laughs) Um, And yeah, I mean, the script, uh, it's kind of two sides of the same coin. The script and then the delivery of the lines are just brutal. I mean, just
0: brutal. Really? That bad?
1: Yeah. A match made in hell is my note here. It is... I mean, characters talk just very cliche. It really shines when we are meeting people in the slow, middle, second act. Okay. Because, I mean... This film kind of has a peak, has a beaten action that ends the, the first act. And then the second act, I mean, there is action, but there's just so much downtime. And believe really? me, the performances are just not there to meet it, not there to create intrigue. This goes for the kid actor. This goes for Zac Efron. This goes for nearly every supporting actor. Really? Uh, yes. Very cheap. Very, very inconsequential. It's it's rough.
0: How was so? I really like Kurtwood Smith, who played uh, Doctor Joseph Wandless or Wainless.
1: Oh, in it is that uh is that uh, older guy glasses? Yeah, yeah. He's in RoboCop kind of and uh, that '70s show. Oh my, yeah, 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 yeah. I always forget his name. Would have loved to see more of him. He's in one scene. Ah, okay, one gotcha. Scene. All yeah. right. Uh, and if anything has kind of a little bit of a cool monologue, but yeah, no very very just across the board pretty much Mm-mm, yeah bad outwardly bad <sighs> okay um, uh, and for real uh, a kid
0: leading it so I mean yeah. I'm not I can't say I'm shocked
1: what's odd is I wish there was more to the kid leading it uh, again really? I don't know the original story so maybe the the father takes a big lead but Zach Efron is a main focus here he kind of keeps everything on training wheels until he pass things over to the crazy finale yeah. so
0: and was not good
1: yeah no <laughs> I mean I'm sorry you know, I mean, I'm I'm fine giving anyone a shot, giving anyone their McConaughey moment, if you will, that they can kind of save their save sure. their acting career. <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, yeah, no good, <laughs> no good. Uh, and and just to just focus on that middle boring third, uh, the that slow middle second act grinds to a halt. I mean, it is. Oh, really? It is. And again,
0: we're back down to an hour and a half. It's like yeah. a, It's like an hour thirty four. Like, or why
1: are we wasting time at all? You know? Wow. Uh, okay. It's crazy. Seriously, uh, though. I mean that second act is a complete and utter waste of time and waste of time is specifically wow. where I'm I'm driving into because I don't think you know it's, there can be a slow moment to not only make the finale stand out more mm-hmm. there can be a slow motion to build character stakes in our attachment there uh, this movie has none of it it's a slow moment to pad out time and it feels very manipulative for it so wow okay not story, very impressive <laughs> yeah yeah uh, uh going to the note that you know i i kind of had down this story i think fails because it's not around the not enough around the little girl charlie why? I think it's probably because they got Zach Efron and, and it took a little bit more of a larger role. I, again, this we didn't is. did read where the book. So. They didn't read the book, did not watch the original Firestarter. So this problem, I would say, is probably shared among <laughs> all of the media or, or the whole story. Right, right. Yeah, it's. Man, it's it's just it's just. I think it's putting casting first, but I can't be for sure. Either way, the actual implementation of it is real bad. A highlight uh, where I expected none is the soundtrack. John Carpenter is killing it on oh, this. Good.
0: Okay, <laughs> that's a silver lining.
1: It is a silver lining to what has been the trend of the episode, which is bad soundtrack. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that's hilarious.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> the the one shine of light uh, the one well, we
0: didn't really talk about Green Mile was it much non-existent
1: mm.
0: like was it a quieter no, film
1: no it definitely did have it plays into that whimsical element of it okay uh, all right and the comedic setup and whatnot I but think that shooting uh, it's oh, like, okay all right um, all right. I don't know. I can't just dis- well if anything, it's a very late nineties, you know, for that reason. Okay. Kind of feels well, but- playful okay. in that way. So
0: suiting, but no, no standout like this was. Yes. Empire Starter.
1: Yes. And I think it's just because John Carpenter has such a such a cool synthie design. This is not like the Carpenter we hear in like the escape movies where it's just like wailing like R- yeah 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 guitar you know <laughs> uh it's it's very cool like halloween you know it's 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 awesome cool uh, apparently as well i think he was supposed to direct the original firestarter so maybe that's where like the <laughs> The uh, the 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 nod of the head kind of goes to him. Yeah. in this year he probably so. had the most passion in this project. Sure, sure, but uh, it is an odd upside to uh, a film. Uh, I would say almost so. It's kind of a good background watch in, in an odd way, just because the soundtrack is is pretty cool. Uh, it, it has a lot of love put into it and uh, really iconic in a good way for John Carpenter. So just totally unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> really, and and let me talk about. Oh, what a what a, a reversal where almost every every yeah, single yeah that's really film funny. Is... Hey, leave it up to John Carpenter though. Yeah, yeah,
0: and uh, yeah, he was directed to uh, film the nineteen eighty four Firestarter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but was replaced because the thing that he directed did not oh, do well. Oh, but the thing is so good. And uh, the box office, yeah, though, not, true, you true. know.
1: Yeah, that's that's to decide it. So uh unfortunately though, um I would say this movie lives and dies on special effects. We're talking about oh, Jesus. pyrokinesis, it's gotta be flames. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and maybe this is a stumble because of Blumhouse. Uh and maybe if you know, folks at home, if you are a fan of Blumhouse's horror and you just love any type of horror and you you like how much they produce and whatnot. Uh, it might be a little bit more tolerable here, uh, and it might be a little bit more uh, on pace for what they do from a production standpoint, but I found nearly all of the CGI to be very cheap. Uh, it really does feel like plugins to an editor. Uh, it feels like a plug-in to Adobe Premiere That's or something bad. like that. Yeah, so or we, After Effects. Was it better than Ghost Rider, which
0: we reviewed recently? <laughs> That's immediately what came to my
1: mind. Yeah... Uh, I don't know. Okay, Ghost right, Rider both. had those cool flame boot prints. I okay, was so really Ghost, sold on those. <laughs> Ghost Rider 1 in the Ghost effects. Ghost Rider there. You know, sure her her head's not on fire and that was bad on Ghost Rider. <laughs> but but.
0: Uh, but overall just it was taking you out completely because it would just look so bad. Huh? Yeah,
1: and and uh, to explain it, it's like if someone if a main uh, you know, this is a a wide release. It would be like if a wide release really put in a lot of Stock Adobe After Effects gunshots or smoke or or background Interesting. fire, Interesting. but this fire is in the foreground because it's the power. It's the whole point. It's like the whole it's fire deal. starter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do I gotta say? Um, and that's where I say it kind of lives and dies because. Boy, if the CGI is is stumbling on this one, I mean, what are we here for? Absolutely. Zac Efron is not is gonna not. save it. <laughs> I would say the sets as well also feel distinctly cheap, um, which is, <laughs> I mean, man, uh, I, I, again, I, I'm not the most versed in Blumhouse films, but I, I can't, I can only point to the fact that the sets around this, especially like the final bad guys' lair. I mean, Tom, you and I could slap something together in in the place we're in right now. Is that right? <laughs> like, <laughs> paint paint some walls gray, maybe a little bit of uh, you know LED lighting, and that's it. <laughs> uh, it's yeah, it's it's real slap together. And and I got to be honest, I mean, production like that, I did not expect, and I definitely didn't expect out of this being, I wouldn't say flagship, but. A kind of make-or-break moment for Peacock as well, you know, as a a streaming service. Maybe that's wrong Uh, to point the finger in that way.
0: Maybe. I think this will come and go. This movie is what it sounds like. Yeah.
1: Unfortunately. Yeah. So, but uh, (laughs) like I said, uh, I usually don't have high expectations uh, for these type of... Yearly horror releases and certainly yeah. of the expectations of um, the Stephen King remakes. I mean, I think a, a, a study this week could have just been on just the remakes themselves. Yeah. Which, you know, would have been a lot worse <laughs> as far as ratings <laughs> go. But uh, this this unfortunately does not, it doesn't hedge the bet. It doesn't clear the jump on its own and falls into that same same type of cheap, uh in the in all the wrong areas and not worth your time uh in, in a lot of ways. If you're really craving a story about psionic powers, watch the movie Scanners instead. We're gonna go ahead and give Firestarter a twenty eight.
0: Ooh, twenty eight, back mm-hmm. down to the lowest oh, mm-hmm. boy, okay. Mm-hmm. We were climb- really, we were re-
1: climbing the the roller coaster yeah. and <laughs> <Now> <laughs> Green Mile was
0: the top. Somehow somehow appropriate. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think anyone's too shocked at at that. Um, but twenty eight really just represents not worth your time. Yeah. It's just another bad horror in in mm. the can, and and don't yeah. and don't bother with it. And
1: and, and again, if I really had to nail it down to something, it's in that CGI. I mean, man, and Zach Efron. I think sure, I mean, to be sure.
0: 28, there's multiple things failing yes, here. Yes, yes. Very true. Yeah. Very true. But uh, boy, and, and what it comes down to is there's just better there's better Stephen King horror out there. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what it comes down to. Don't waste your time on this. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Awesome, Vin. Great film study here that we did. Yeah. And you kind of, yeah, you put it together just randomly. You just went for it this week, which Absolutely. is awesome. Is there anything you'd like to add? Anything you'd like to continue with? Or are we rolling credits on this? I
1: think we're rolling credits.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> well, Vin, we always appreciate you watching these to stop and stopping by, folks at home. We're going to run this through one more time. So we have Carrie with a thirty-five percent, Cujo with a fifty-six, Stand by Me with a seventy-three, The Green Mile with an eighty, and Firestarter with a twenty-eight percent. Again, folks, we thank you so much for listening and stopping by, and we'll see you next week on the Daily Ratings Podcast. <laughs> If you enjoyed the podcast, if you would, give us a good rating or tell a friend about us. If you're wondering if a film is worth a watch or just like to see more movie ratings from Vince, be sure to stop by thedailyratings.com where we have our ever-spanning catalog of films. Also, if you found value in the podcast or our site, become a producer and go to the donations tab on thedailyratings.com. You can donate whatever amount of value you feel you received from us you'll get a producer mention on the next podcast episode too. We're looking to build this into something large and great, but also be independent from those corporate sponsors. So we greatly appreciate any support from you all. So thanks so much. And we'll see you next time on the Daily Ratings Podcast.